Hey, Dave. Yeah, what's up? Smell this episode. Does it smell spoiled? Ugh, a little bit. Should we try that? Uh, I mean, I'm not down to try it right now, but hey, just warn everyone else that there might be spoilers in this review. Yeah, like weak old milk. It's bad. It's spoiled. So if you don't want spoilers, don't go in the refrigerator. Just watch the movie before you're listening to the show. Hello and welcome to Post Cut Feature Tableau. I am your host, actress of the stage and screen, Sarah Peterson. On my left, I have editor and producer, David M. Brown. Hello, everybody. And on my right, I have VFX artist, David Veerkamp. Hey, I'm on the right. Welcome back to another episode of our Feature Tableau. We are so excited to have you guys here today. We're doing a little bit of a different kind of tableau for you all. We're going to be doing an actor spotlight. So for me, this is kind of like my major forte. This led me to look into Jim Carrey, who was one of our favorite actors as a child for me. Yours, not ours. I'm sorry. One of my favorite actors as a child. But then we had a little bit of a discussion and we were kind of going over certain actors that has played pivotal roles in a majority of movies that we've all pretty much seen and discussed. And we settled on Johnny Depp as our featured character actor that we will be discussing today on our feature tableau. What was the first movie you ever saw Johnny Depp in, David? Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean, the first one? I never saw any of the old movies with him in it. What? Yeah, yeah. Never got into So it. you never saw Finding Neverland? You never saw Edward Scissorhands? I saw Finding Neverland, but I saw it after uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, I didn't see it till much later. And I, I didn't... Charlie like, and the Chocolate Factory? Yeah, but I saw it after Pirates of the Caribbean. Edward Scissorhands. Never saw that. You've never seen... I own it. Yeah. And you've never seen it. That's the shame there. <laughs> I, Sleepy honestly, Hollow? Yeah, I never watched that. That's the and thing. those are just his mainstream things. I only got to see him as Captain Jack Sparrow, and that's all I knew him from. And then that's kind of all I've based him off of. And he had like, after I saw like Pirates of the Caribbean, that's when I started noticing him in a bunch of stuff. I was like, oh, that's that guy who's a dumb drunk pirate. Oh, he's <laughs> that guy for Dave. He's one of the yeah. That that's guys. what he is. Okay, well, David. Brown. Though I don't think. Oh, sorry. Oh, go no, ahead. Go ahead. I, no. I I don't think that Pirates of the Caribbean is his best role. I think it's a very interesting role, and I like him in it. It's definitely not his best role. Actually, I'd beg to differ on that one. Not not saying like technicality wise, it's his best role. I think it's his most diverse role. Mm, maybe that's what this show one is about. Let's debate it anyway. But I do can't think- really debate what I'm gonna the movie that I would say that kind of counters that point because neither of you have seen it. So okay. See, we saw Transcendence. Too. See, that's my favorite. I've never seen that. Transcendence, I think, is one of his absolute best roles. Yeah, and I think it's very underrated because I don't think a lot of people liked him in it because... He was very... very. He was very not Johnny Depp, which yeah. I think was perfect. And he was very not in it. In the way that they filmed, because they had to make him very monotone for the mm-hmm. way he was. Because he was a robot. It was beautiful. Mm. He was a computer, guys. He turned him... He turned his, uh, his consciousness 
into and he transferred his consciousness he as he didn't died. Do that. Okay. Well, the character well, it was got trans- his consciousness was trans- transferred into an AI consciousness. Yeah, gotcha. Which like it kind of got really creepy with him. Hmm. It's kind of like uh, what do you call it? What's that movie uh, with uh, Al Pacino and Robin Williams called? Uh, Insomnia. So how you know Robin, Robin Williams will get re- you very uncomfortable. Yeah. He does the same way in this movie in a very different way. And that's, same thing with like one one hour photo. Yes. Mm. One yeah. hour photo is a freaky movie. Yes, it was. So, David Brown, what is your favorite or first Johnny Depp movie that you've ever seen? Nightmare on Elm Street. There you go. Favorite my- or first or both? First. Okay. First. Definitely not my favorite. I actually think that's not, a not for good Johnny role. Depp because essentially he wasn't he wasn't the protagonist of of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Heather Langenkamp was the protagonist of Nightmare on Elm Street, and that's essentially the reason I went to see it. I think he had the best death in the entire show. In the entire movie, I would debate on the best death overall, but but of in the that in that movie. movie, oh, definitely, definitely, uh, an homage to uh, the uh, Elevator of Blood from Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Yeah, but yes, Didn't very he get very bed good. Blendered. Yeah, he did. Yeah, the bed. You're right. He gets sucked into the bed, and then the bed spews all the blood out. Like and a everything. blender. Yeah, yeah. And then he comes back in. Uh, Isn't he Freddy's like on dead. the TV or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he's on the TV. <laughs> he's he's part of the nightmare, which I think is really cool. So, what's your? I guess not. Maybe not your favorite, but the best role you've seen him in? Dead Man, Jim Jarmusch directed. It's a it's a western okay. done in black and white. It's a descent of a man. The whole first segment of the movie tells you exactly what happens during the whole movie. He's on a train and he's going to this job. He's going to this. He's got this job. And at first you see all these nice highbrow people on the train. Mm-hmm. He's kind of highbrow. He's from the city. Mm-hmm. He's got glasses. He's got a top hat. He's dressed well, all this other stuff. Right. And as the train trip goes on, the class of people get lower and lower and lower until you get to the point where you have like buffalo hunters that literally, while the train is moving, just start shooting buffalo to shoot them. Yeah. So they go to the lowest of the low. He goes up there. He brings his paperwork and everything. And the boss is like, well, you're two months late. He's like, well, I, you know, cause he had to make the trip from like Cleveland to California, I believe it was. So it's like, you know, at that point it's like a week long trip, you know? So by the time, you know, he was supposed to be there on a certain day. He wasn't there. The guy didn't hire him. He's like, I already filled your spot. You can leave. So he goes to a bar being, uh, he's depressed. So he goes to buy a bottle of uh, whiskey, brings out the bottle. He gives him like his quarter and the guy takes the quarter and the bottle and then gives him a smaller bottle. Cause what he has can't afford the big bottle. And he goes out and he's going to drink. And then like this woman in the bar is thrown out and so on and so forth. And he helps her up and she takes him back and they sleep together. But then it turns out her fiance comes in and shoots him. Uh. And the fiance is the son of the man who fired him. Okay. (laughs) But he doesn't die. He's got this bullet wound that they can't get the bullet out. It's too deep. So he's constantly like bleeding. He's just like leaking to death. So he has this adventure and he finds he finds a native american named nobody <laughs> yes that's that's where i got the name from yes oh my god and sorry i thought it was always from the odyssey nope and, <laughs> and he tries to dig the bullet out and he can't and he keeps looking at him and he keeps calling him easy and his name in the movie is william blake so the native american says he asks him his name and he says well my name is william blake and he says how come you don't remember your poetry william blake because he thinks he's the William Blake of, you know, ah. the 1500s. And they keep going on, and he's basically taking him to his, to what the Native American would do, put him on a boat with, like, 
yeah. oils and stuff the, to send him out to his death. The pyre. Because he's already a dead man. Wasn't he in a movie? It was like a, ga- a gangster movie called Public Enemy. Yes, he was in Public that? Enemy. Yeah, he was playing, what was that, Whitey Bulger or something yeah. his name is. Right? Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I've never gotten to see that, but I've always wanted to because it seemed like something different for him. Yeah. And it always seems like he's in every Tim Burton movie, too. Yeah. I don't know. Is he, is he like, you know... Well, see, that's a thing... They snort the same glue together. In Public Enemy, <laughs> hang on. In Public oh, Enemies, he played John, John Dillinger. Mm. Oh, there you go. But that's a thing. I mean, when you think about it in Hollywood or any kind of almost creative... You got your circle of people. Right. Yeah. Johnny Depp is going to work with Tim Burton all the time because they have a kind of a same sensibility. Mm-hmm. Depp um, can play darker characters and weird characters. And I'm sure they know? have a very good working rapport at this point in their lives. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. I would say based off of his experience with Tim Burton, and it's more so talking from an actor's perspective of it, you have your directors that you love to work with. Like, I guarantee you there's someone who... oh. For instance, Nathan Fillion, the minute that he was told that Josh, Joss Whedon wanted to do Dr. Horrible sing-along blog, he's like, I'm in. I mm. don't care who I have to play, I'm in. Because he loves working with Joss right. Whedon. Uh, same thing with probably Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter. Like, yeah, okay, sh- she's married or she was... She with, was married to Tim Burton. I don't know if they were married, but they were like cohabiting. Yeah, they, yeah, they were. So like, yeah, maybe you enjoyed that style and maybe it was... Maybe it was such a difference from his original work because you're looking, he was doing horror movies. He was doing um, What's He Think Gilbert Grape, which is very serious. Oh, role. That, that's a, that's Beautiful a good role. movie. That movie is one of those movies that I just saw this year. Mm. Was it this year? Yeah, I think it was this year or last year when we were on our way to the family reunion. I was watching it in the car. I honestly think he has better performances when he's on that independent side. Yes. Same. I mean, he does have good Hollywood stuff like like the Pirates of the Caribbean and things like that. But I think he, he he's able to extend his acting chops when he's doing in well, independent or film. small Transcendence yeah, was stuff. a really good role yeah. for him. I mean, when he goes, I, he's got serious roots and it really helps his pretty boy image when he does the serious roles well, that's, because he's very beautiful. What's the one we just watched? I just watched it the other day. He plays like a 50s rock star. Oh, I, oh, oh I know what you're talking about. I don't know the I name just, of the movie either. I just saw it the other day and I cannot. Crybaby. There you go. That's the name of there it. Crybaby. He was good in that. I mean, it was... It's a cheesy of John Waters type of, and I believe John Waters directed it. It's one, you know, it's like a hairspray type thing, you know, but he played the part to a T. I mean, he was perfect in it. Well, and that's the one thing that you got to say about Johnny Depp. Now, my first movie that I ever saw him in was Edward Scissorhands. And I was like, I have no idea who this guy is. And then I saw him in Nightmare on Elm Street. And I was like, oh my God, you are the most gorgeous man alive. <laughs> Which is probably every teenage girl's thought when they see him in that movie. And then I watched 21 Jump Street. And the only reason why I watched 21 Jump Street to the very last season was because of Johnny Depp. Yeah. It was the only reason why I watched it. I watched it once or twice and I stopped watching that. I own the first season only. That's Mm. the only television. Because didn't he leave after the first season? No, he's... He left after the fourth. I think the fifth and sixth season he wasn't in it he was running a bowling alley by that time in the in the sh- in the canon of the show okay but then you've i mean 21 jump street just went way too long for what it was as but, we discussed in our last episode most shows a lot do. of a lot of tv shows do that but 
another thing I got to mention is that I've only seen him in like in a few movies myself. But I have seen a movie where what's it called? Secret Window. I only watched. Oh, Secret Window, where he plays Mort Rainey. But I only watched. Oh, never so seen beautiful. it. I've only heard of it. Well, I own it. You can. He's borrow like it. I don't know because I only watched half of it. But he's like a character that's losing his mind. Like so, he, he's, he's not... a ki- he's an author who's mm-hmm. writing a story. It's kind of like not to give away my no mm, no no. Uh, uh, so he's a, he's an author writing a story about this man who's going out and killing people. And, and it's and, him. And it's him. It's a, it's a psychological thriller. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And that's what, what I've noticed about him is that other than being typecast for Tim Burton movies, when he's it, not doing that, he, he is very versatile. But mm-hmm. he's not really typecast for the Tim Burton movies. Well, I feel I'll like Tim Burton you, gives him the same freaking role every time. No, because Sweeney Todd was a very different no, role. No, no. It, it's just, it's the idea that he's always working with him. That's, you know... That's, That's the, the typecast. It's like, oh, a new Tim Burton movie's coming out. Well, we know it's going to star Johnny Depp. Well, and that's, yeah. again, I, I think it's because it's safe money for him because Tim Burton is one of those directors that will always rake in the box office money. Well, not only that, but he's a director that people like to work with because... He's um, not a Producers dick. see that as a Michael, formula for success. Right. Michael Keaton, the reason there was no third Tim Burton Batman movie is because they didn't want him to direct it. Michael Keaton told him, no, I'm not going to do it. If, if Tim Burton is not directing, I'm not going to do it. Well, and, and I will say that Tim Burton is one of those visionaries that I think people work with him because he has a very distinct style. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Johnny Depp. I think Johnny Depp likes to work with him because... If he has fun in that style. You know, has, they have a good working relationship. Well, right. And I will say this. If I could wear Victorian London garb all the time, I would. So I would work with Tim Burton just to have that ability to just wear corsets. Peri- just for the period piece. Yes. Because if I could be Mrs. Lovett and Sweeney Todd, I totally would. But I think Tim Burton is like a very high surrealist, colorful, and not colorful at the same time, gothic. Like he's got this unique vibe that he brings to all his He has his a very movies. monotone color palette. He, and not only that, but he just has this... What do you call it? It's like those a lot of German surrealist films. It's just very it's, right. It's odd. German expressionism. There you go. It's, yeah. it's he, he has a really great way of pulling that out, and he's got that record of stop motion, uh, go motion style animation movies right. too. You know, you know who I would love to see work with uh, Tim Burton on a movie hmm. would be Guillermo del Toro. Oh. Those two together would be amazing. The one thing I'm worried about though wow. is that they seem like like not that they're egotistical, but they seem like they might also conflict working together because they are so visionary. I think he's an underrated actor in terms of audience rating because the, he he's known as Captain Jack Sparrow for the general audience. That's what, it was a big Disney Jerry Bruckheimer film. And it was. So I was first exposed to the range of Johnny Depp by watching the Hollywood show on YouTube. I don't know if anybody who listens to our show has ever heard of them. It's if a fun you, YouTube channel. If you haven't, go check them out. They are amazing. Uh, they do parodies now, but they started out doing Edward Scissorhand cosplays at Comic-Con, and they would mm. record themselves. And so they basically built this show around cosplaying all of Johnny Depp's characters. Okay. So you had Char- or Willy Wonka, you had all, um, Mort Rainey, you had all of his characters just come together to create basically like a... Uh, television um, show it was like a meta universe like youtube channel tel- television so show. it's really cool and was so, william blake in there 
Yes. He was. Yes, he was. Okay. Because now I understand that one <laughs> a little bit more. <laughs> so it's one of those things where you just have to, you when you understand the characters, you kind of get pulled more into their filmography. And so that's when I started finding movies like Transcendence. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily Transcendence itself, because it, I think I, 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 I was aware of Johnny Depp before 2014. Okay. Because, I mean, I'd been watching, you know, Edward Scissorhands and those older movies, but I didn't really, he didn't come into my collective consciousness until probably 2009 when I was in high school. Okay. And I was watching 21 Jump Street. Mm-hmm. So that's when I, I, I do these deep dives into character actors. Mm-hmm. So like... If I'm going to go and watch a movie of, a, of an actor that I like, I'd like to know all the movies that they're in so that way I can find something similar. So that's when I found Sweeney Todd. That's when I found all of his Tim Burton work because I enjoy Tim Burton as an actor, as a director. And so that's when I found that work from him. But then you could go and you get a completely different side when you're like you were talking about with the independent films. So like Dead Man or like... Um, transcendence so i mean he's just got a very wide range that i think people just pigeonhole him in terms of what they know him from right he's not necessarily typecast even though i always make the joke that he's either a psychotic germaphobic mass murdering crazy drunken pirate dude like or that's, he's the pretty boy or pretty boy yeah like those are the two ways i describe him to people, because then they're like, oh, I know who you're talking about. And I'm like, yeah, that guy. Because <laughs> that's all people know him from. <clears throat> yeah. And even in Transcendence, before he got uploaded to being a computer, he was actually a very normal person. Hmm. I like that. He played a normal person. Slightly normal. He was still a germaphobe. Yeah, Which but, I think is funny. But he Well, was, it's the quirk. It's the whole point. Every computer pe- person has a flaw. But he was not, like, what do you call it? Because every time he's in other movies, besides like large budget, like especially Tim Burton movies, I guess I'm right. calling that out in the pirate ones, is that he's he's over the top a lot of the times as those characters. His flaws are eccentric and crazy mm-hmm. and a little bit beyond belief. Whereas those, in Transcendence, those, he was very realistic. Those quirkiness, I think, is is demanded from Tim Burton because yeah, of course. that adds to the charm of the movie. Right, his characters are, are written that way. Yeah. They're written right. to be over the top. Which is funny because then you watch him in Dark Shadows mm. where you would think he'd be more over the top. But he's not. But he's not. The most over the top person was, I want to say her name is Ava Green. Ava Green, yeah. I think the point of like when you say he's kind of pigeonholed, he's only pigeonholed by the mainstream. Exactly. True. That goes back to that point, yeah. I mean, even when we were in in class, I asked professors, you know, hey, did you ever see Dead Man? No, I've never seen that. And you're like, really? You're you're really you're sitting here talking about Johnny Depp and Pirates of the and all you know him is from like you say Edward Scissorhands or Pirates of the Caribbean. And I would tell people, you gotta watch Dead Man. It's 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 really good. Right. I well, mean, it, it's I think too with film classes, because you're talking film school, right? Mm-hmm. Not broadcast school. So I think what a lot with film classes is they focus more so on the classics. So you have like Citizen Kane, you have Ron, you have Who Framed Roger Rabbit, those kind of classics. That- well, this one focused more on modern film which was kind of okay to an extent it was kind of annoying you're talking about all the same actors all the time 
the same types of movies and everything. And then you finally get somebody that says, hey, why don't we watch like 2001 A Space Odyssey? And the students are shocked to find out there's like no CGI in it or anything like that. And it's like, I know it's hilarious. And, and, and you have to say to them, there's more movies than just, you know, the Marvel stuff. You can go back so far and you can get some really great movies Isn't and you can like see. Friend? Yeah. And what happens is, is you can see the flow of how they figured out the language of film and so on and so forth. I know I'm getting on a tangent, it's okay. but, but I what ha- happens is, is if you're only teaching modern stuff, uh-huh, even when the teachers are like, no, I've never seen that movie. And you can't see everything at all, you know, right. everything. But if you're a Johnny Depp fan, you you should see something like Dead Man. One of the things that really, I think, sets him apart as an actor is his range um, and his ability to get into a character. Yeah, you know, he's, he's more method, right? Yes, method. Less so than Jared Leto method. He knows how to draw the line between who the character is and himself. Mm. He doesn't try to break through that line. There are certain method actors. Tries to get up to it and kind of stay there. Yeah. At least for the performance anyway. And I'm not saying that Jared Leto does it because I've never worked with him. I've never worked with Johnny Depp either. But you can kind of see in terms of when you watch the back, uh, the the behind the scenes footage and things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem to have that overstepping of the line that most method actors would have. Like, I think that Jim Carrey, Mm -hmm. for instance, is a perfect example of a method actor that oversteps the line. There is a special on Netflix called Becoming Andy. Yeah, where he kind of becomes a parody of himself in a sense. Exactly. But I mean, you can see where he went over the line with Andy Kaufman. Yeah, and and that kind of broke him. In a sense. Yeah, but I think it broke him for the better because then yeah. he did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Which, yeah, which is beautiful a beautiful movie. A, it's a good I also movie, think yes. another extreme, uh, if we're talking just compare method actors, uh, is Daniel Day-Lewis. He's pretty extreme in his method acting. I find that it's very easy to be cast as yourself in certain roles. Of course. And so when directors do that, there's not there's not a lot of needing to be that method actor. And that's why I think Johnny Depp does a lot of Tim Burton's work is because I kind of feel like he is that kind of crazy kooky person outside of that. So it makes it easy for him to slip into those characters. So as a tribute to Johnny Depp, we're going to talk about a little bit about some of the roles that he has done in the past 10 years and upcoming roles that he will be doing. Um, So as of right now on IMDb, he has 90 credits to his name as an actor. That just that's, that's prolific. That is a vast, vast filmography. So he will be reprising his role as Gillert Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. Oh, that's right. Three. He was in that movie. Next year, 2020, he will be in Minamata, which uh, he will play W. Eugene Smith. I have no idea what that movie is about. Nope. It looks like it's in black and white, but that's just from a still image on the website. Mm. Uh, he was in the Sherlock Gnomes movie in 2018. He did the Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man Tells No Tales, <laughs> um, Mordecai, Into the Woods, which I have heard is beautiful. Into the Woods is a Sondheim musical. I want to say it's Sondheim. Um, okay. It is one of those ones that is a retelling of the fairy tales. But Sondheim does it in a way that is very tongue-in-cheek. 
So he almost does it in a way that's making fun of musicals. It's got Chris Pine in it. Anna Kendrick, James Corden, Johnny Depp was in it. So the movie that he's come that he's going to be in in the future in coming out in. So the I just did those. Yeah, let's talk about them. We don't know anything about them because well, we haven't studied them. Estimations, like this is we're predictions. At. Predictions. So if we look at Minamata, which is coming out next year, it's about a war photographer W. Eugene Smith who travels back to Japan, where he documents the devastating effects of mercury poisoning in coastal communities. That sounds awesome. That sounds like another transcendence. It sounds like a, a very serious role. So I think that wraps up Johnny Depp. Yeah, I mean, as a as a an actor that we have seen evolve over the last forty years, easy Somewhere forty years. Um, he's just done some phenomenal work. If you want to see some really great old takes of his, check out his performance in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Uh, one of my favorites is Benny and June. It Whoa. is a phenomenal. We totally forgot about Benny and June. Benny yeah. and June is a wonderful little heartwarming story that I think is fantastic. If you want to see some really good parodies of Johnny Depp, t- check out the Hollywood show. They do a phenomenal parody of the Twilight series as well, which I think is great. Uh, and, you know, while we think that actors are typecast, I think Johnny Depp definitely proves that the only typecasting that happens is the typecasting that we recognize versus what is actually happening in their career. Well, that goes to the fact that a lot of people don't search out independent film. Check out their filmography. See if they've done independent work, because if they have nine times out of 10, they're going to be doing stuff that's different than their mainstream media. Yes. They may be known for one role, hence Johnny Depp and uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. But if you kind of take a step back and away from those normal run-of-the-mill films and check out those independent circuits, that's where you're going to get more of your Joaquin Phoenixes and other kind of performances like that. Especially mm-hmm. with the independent films having usually younger, newer directors. Right. You get to see a different side of the the creative collaboration between the director and the actor right. by getting out those different characters. And you get that because there are more character-driven stories rather than spectacle. Yes. Yes. So as a word to our viewers, if you guys want to have a potential large star in your films, go into the independent film circuit and maybe you can get Johnny Depp on one of your films to have him be a character and actor. definitely set up a GoFundMe for that. <laughs> actors, actors notoriously will do independent film for less than what they would normally uh, demand if they really like the script, because as an actor, they want to, they want to stretch their acting capability. They don't want, actors don't want to be just one character. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. They want to put themselves in different situations. That's why you have actors like Gary Oldman, the chameleon. Yeah. Yeah, And then you have actors like Gary Oldman and you have actors like Luke Evans and you have, um, John C. McGinley. John C. McGinley. You have Curtis Armstrong. Right. You see all the, they're everywhere. They're, they're the, that guy, that girl, that woman character. Vincent Chevelli from Better Off Dead. Because they get to do character acting, which in their opinion is better because they, they're doing something different all the time. Yes. Yeah. Which everyone doesn't want to be one thing. Right. And that is Nicolas Cage as Nicolas Cage (laughs) in every movie that he's in. 
Nicholas and Caldwell. on that note, from all of us here at Postcut, we appreciate you guys coming out and listening to our feature tableau. Want to find out more about Postcut? Check out our website, www.postcut.com. There you can find links to our episodes, as well as a link to our coffee account where you can donate to support our show. While there, send us a listener request for films to review. Until next time, thank you from all of us here at Postcut. Do they snort the same glue together or something? <laughs>